Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Tell me at Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and always remember, as a great undead gladiator, Jack, Jack Dempsey, who I believe was some sort of sports person, always said, a champion is someone who gets up after they've been board wiped three times and playing mono white. Mm, could you call him a sports baller, since we like to refer to I, it as sports ball? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Is that... He's not the guy who dated or was married to Marilyn Monroe, right? Uh, you're in a different league than I. I have no clue what you're talking about. Okay. Would you say a league of my own that Marilyn Monroe oh, was in? Oh. Boom! Full circle sports reference. Oh, except a league of their own was Madonna, not Marilyn Monroe. Oh, oh. damn it. Actually, yeah, Marilyn Monroe's real old. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe's Whoops. well dead by then. Well, I like the, I like the <laughs> league of my own reference, but uh, yeah, well, you're a little off. Well, done. well done, Mr. Cabo. I'm surprised you knew that one. Well done. Screamy Geek getting caught up on meta traffic with Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. <laughs> well, since his trip to Zendikar a couple weekends ago for pre-release, he seems to have come back with the Phyrexian flu. Really? No comments on that? We'll talk about Marilyn Monroe and a made-up uh, scene in a, in a movie that came out like 20 years after she it's died. I get it. I get it. It's fine. It's fine. The deadpan silence was priceless. I wish y'all could have seen his face. He was just waiting for it. Just like... I was just... I thought... I no, thought no. you were trying to bait us into doing the awards show. <laughs> oh, that's coming Because you were going to skip that. Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering Woo. news. And uh, you know what? I'm just going to move on from the bit. I'm not even going to give you time to respond because you didn't even laugh at my other bit. <laughs> we're going to the top of the castle, ladies and carnage that ensued with... 45. Okay, so for me, um, I wouldn't say this last 40 Life in a Dash was a extremely memorable game. That was just like, holy bananas, have to talk about this. But I will say, um, I ticked off Sir Nathan so much that oh, no. he uh, pretty much milled me out with my mono white uh, Commander Esha deck, which is a Voltron deck. So turn two, I play Dranith Magistrate. So now no mm -hmm. one can play their commanders except for me. Uh, turn three, didn't really have anything, so I went ahead and played Rest in Peace, question mark. Uh, which uh, friends, Sir Nathan sure. definitely flipped me off. <laughs> and because uh, he was playing his uh, oh, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, uh, Mills for the Toughness. Uh, Fanax. Fanax. Got a Deception, which if you guys aren't familiar, is a Demir commander that allows your creatures to have the ability to tap. Target player puts the top X cards of their uh, library into the graveyard where X equals that creature's toughness. And so I play Rest in Peace, which basically shuts off Nathan's deck. I, I didn't know this, but it did uh, for him playing out of people's graveyards. So then he traumatized me very early in the game. Wow. Half my library gets exiled. Then he decides to, uh, th does a little bit of milling throughout, and then he throws the Whispering Madness, which is the siphon wheel card mm -hmm. on a creature with double strike. So, and actually, let me rephrase that. It was a single strike trick creature, which then I believe Sir Brian 
Is either Sir Brian or Dan, my memory, I didn't write, I didn't write down that note, gave the creature double strike. So I had to wheel three <laughs> times and lost the game. So nice. uh, it was hilarious. I liked it. And you know what? If Mono White is that scary that I have to be the uh the, the bad guy targeted to get killed, I will take yeah. that badge of honor. Look at you. That means that you permanently have the crown of the arch enemy. I know, but I will never be frenemy Dan. Also on that note, double strike I feel like is super underrated. People, there's there's a lot of ways to give double strike, and then everybody's like, ah, I don't really care. And then as soon as somebody comes at him with double strike, they're whoa, 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 buddy, calm down there. Calm yeah, down. any of those effects that have when when this deals combat damage, double strike oh, is yeah. just oh, bananas. Yeah, just nasty. Sort of feasted famine, sort of body in mind. Yeah, the whole the whole, the whole nine yards. kitten caboodle. Yes. Well, Squee, what games would you like to talk about? Well, uh, I think Big Tuck and I are going to tag team this one. We got a little IRL magic in on Sunday, which was nice. Uh, we were playing with single Aaron, who, as far as I can tell over the course of three games, played more cards of mine than I got to play of my own. Facts. Uh, so that was a little frustrating, but at the same rate, pretty fun to watch. Um, yeah. I think the first game I was playing with Gorman Virtus, and somehow he ended up with almost every single major big hitter that I had in the deck on his board state and stomped me with it. Um, but we Good wanted Lord. to talk about the third game. Uh, so, Big Tuck, if you want to give me an introduction, because you know a little bit more about the cards that came into this, and then I'm going to talk about my grievances. Squeeze going to get really salty about something. And he's going to get salty about something that only happened once and only was ever threatened once. <laughs> However, uh, he was playing Yarok, but he had the backup commander of the new partner that when it enters the battlefield, everyone mills four. And then you put a new thing. Uh, you can get a uh, CMC, which I think, Mr. Combo, you've toyed with making your Yeah, so commander. that's a Jiruta. Yes. So what we didn't know is that he, he had Yarok out, so he's getting double triggers. And then on top of that, he stacked it with a bunch of clones that would then force CMC clones that he would then put into play of a copy of that, immediately die, mm -hmm. trigger again, and keep going through like that. Hashtag which is actually Which actually is pretty hysterical and sounds like a bunch of malarkey, but it worked. Like, this happened twice. <laughs> but wait, question. Was Yora, was uh, Jairuda his companion? Or was it in the 99? No, it was in the 99. Tutored for it. Interesting. Diabolic Edict. No, sorry. Diabolic Tutor, if I, if I remember that. correctly. Yeah. Uh, Aaron was really excited about that combination. And I was like, I think I think Yorok's five. So anyways, that happened. And then this other stuff happened. Oh, it was so upsetting. So uh, first and foremost, actually, I think I'm going to be salty about something that you're not thinking of. So Reese had the opportunity. Finally had it. Alter the Brood. <gasps> Could have milled everybody out. Things were going so well. I had a uh, double Reese trigger. Uh, what is it? I can't remember. Anyways, I had an equipment on Reese that was doubling all of his triggered abilities. So anytime I double tokens, it would double, double, yeah. double, double, double. And I had enough mana because I had Priest of Titania. I had Elvish Arch drew it out. And then I had five or six elves. So I was tapping for 12 most every turn. And then that was going to keep ramping up and up and up. So I was thinking to myself, man, I got this game made. I am going to mill everybody out. The only like alternate win con that's ever existed and probably will ever exist in Reese has a shot. Today's the day. We're going to do the damn thing. And it got blown up so quickly. Oh, 
Yeah, good I, it was such man. a letdown. I had like Cathar's Crusade out and all sorts of. It was going to be a really fun time, and nobody else wanted to see the fun that I was going to have. Uh, Big Tuck, what so, are you thinking that I was salty about? I thought you were salty. So he had he had this weird loop going where he could get revive and another instant or sorcery back with Archaeomancer mm-hmm. and then bounce it. So with Yarok and. He had the opportunity to cast Cyclonic Rift almost every turn if he wanted to. Yeah. He didn't, but what he did instead... To his credit, was, by the way. To his credit. Yes. But what he did instead is Villainous Wealth squeeze. Oh, my like God. Four he times did so over. many times, like five turns in a row. He did, he, did it, he did it at first for seven or four or something, uh, and we were just like, okay. And then he did it again for ten. And then by then, he'd stolen all of his good stuff and had near infinite <laughs> mana. Oh like, all right, God. I think it's time to, time to box this one Wait, up. Wait, no, pals. Villainous Wealth was in the, the Omnath Locus of Rage game. Because remember, he kept stealing all my ran, mana ramp cards, so I couldn't do anything. And then the Cyclonic Rift. I guess I'm thinking of a different game where Reese was in there. You were thinking, yeah, yeah, you're thinking of a different one. Well, anyways, this is 80 Life in a Dash. It's a new segment. Uh, We're going to talk about a couple (laughs) of games and mash it into one and think that's all the same. Uh, Yeah, it was was actually pretty interesting. Basically, the the theme of the night, single Aaron showed up to the table, housed everybody, went home. And what you guys could call that segment is a KFC snack bowl. Had a little bit of everything in it. Yeah. (laughs) Now that's going to wrap up 40 Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse, what's the plane chase? So this week, your old pal Big Tuck is putting on the uh, presenter crown, if you will. Ooh, and we, we thought about something. That we, th- we thought about something that was near and dear to at least my heart. And one of the reasons why I like playing uh, EDH more than any other format of the game, and that is the art of the deal. Uh, as many people know, EDH turns into a pretty political monster, or can be, depending on your tables. Uh, if Big Tuck's there, absolutely. Some people are infuriated by it, and then other people uh, are wishy-washy with it. So, I think the most fun thing to do in the game is making deals. Making deals that are that are insane, making deals for the funds of it, making deals to keep, for a whole litany of reasons, because I feel like it adds this like sub-game of... Uh, of the ways to keep true to your word. Also, sort of don't forget, Big Tuck also likes making deals he doesn't hold. Well, look at that. <laughs> but uh, we thought this week we could talk through kind of three overall outlines of a deal. So the first one is when do you make a deal? The second is best practice for rules of a deal. And third is repercussions for breaking deals. Um, getting Diving right into this, Mr. Combo. Do you like making deals? And if you do, when do you generally try to make a deal? So I'm all for making deals, but here's the thing that I do get very, very annoyed about. And the reason I usually don't make a lot of deals is my play group uh, looks at me like I am the Antichrist. <laughs> I, I am a white ring militia. Uh, I am the curse of everything on this plane of existence. <laughs> yes, the death curse. <laughs> and so usually when it's like, hey, let's make a deal. And we'll get into this a little bit later, especially around the repercussions of breaking deals. Um, but it, it either has to be so overwhelming in their favor or they just don't want to do it. And so I personally, I do not make a lot of deals. Now, granted, uh, coming up this coming weekend, but now in the past, as you guys hear this, uh, (laughs) we're having a a kind of mini GP for my birthday with Ultra Budget Brews from EDH Rec and a few of his buddies. They're coming into town. 
I'll get to see how deal making happens there because those people don't play with me every week because mm -hmm. to me, I love making a deal, but it's hard to make deals when you play with the same people every single Sunday because then people get biased. They hold on to grudges yes. that it happened 18 moons ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so I usually don't do it a lot, but I do think that it's appropriate to make a deal when either A, there's a clear mutual enemy for the table and if you're yes. able to uh, correctly correlate who what that enemy is and how this deal is going to help another player or players um or when it comes to resources i think resources is the biggest opportunity to make mm -hmm. a deal you know tempt with discovery is a very popular card but that one can be a great deal card where it's like hey Big Tuck and Squee, I see you guys are kind of light on mana. I'm gonna cast a card. If you guys take it, I promise I won't go get a Urbor combo, or I'm not right, gonna go right, get right. Guy's Cradle. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna go get, ah, let, let, ah. Let, let me go get a couple lands, just, you know, but you guys can also get a couple gonna lands. Progress the board, and it'll, it'll be fun, like, let's the, go. The, yeah, the it'll be fun, nothing broken, deal. nothing broken. So those are the two types of deals I think that I like to make, and I like to see people take is, hey, we're short on resources. I'm not gonna go completely broken, but I might get a little bit more than you, but hey, let, let's do this to help each other, or, there's a clear threat. We have to work together to take him out. So how about I do this and you do this and we deal with it. Deal with it, he says. Oh, yes. what a pun. Like well it. done. All right. Uh, Squee, your thoughts on deals and when you would make them. Well, first off, uh, I got to get this out of the way since we were talking about Marilyn Monroe and it was Mr. Combo's birthday here recently. Happy birthday, oh, God. Mr. Oh, God. Combo. And yes, if this was on YouTube, he is getting naked. Uh-huh. I took no. off all my clothes and... It's good. Well, I don't need to tell you the rest. Um, anyways, so... It's uh, weird. You said Long John's on underneath. I don't get it. <laughs> He's an ever dude. There's dozens of them. Back to the deals. Uh, I do enjoy making deals with a hard caveat. You gotta keep them. You make a deal... You gotta keep it. I don't care what changed between the time you made the deal and another turn happening. You gotta keep your deal. So, if somebody says, hey, I won't attack you this turn, uh, you know, just don't kill me, and, like, we're gonna be fine, we'll have a two-turn break. And then one turn later, the whole board state changes, and then somebody goes, well, well, I can't hold that deal anymore because, you know, things have changed. That negates the whole point of a deal, and it's no longer a deal. It is just a farce. So, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't directly targeted at Big Tuck, though it was mildly you, But you were looking at, directly in my eyes. Well, and what do you want me to do? Mr. Carbo actually holds his deals when he makes a deal. I do too, but we'll get into why sometimes deals get broken and the repercussions <laughs> of deals breaking of, of when they're break, when they're getting broken. Uh, but yes, yeah, so oh. I do like deals. I think deals help progress the game. Yeah. I think deals are a very interesting facet that would take uh, because I kind of like the chaotic aspect of EDH, mm -hmm. and it makes EDH even more chaotic. Maybe the person with the best board state's not going to win because three people made a deal together to be like, "Yo, we got to figure this thing out." Or we're yeah, all going right. down in flames. So let's like team up, work together. Uh, let's do this. I'll do this. You do that. And then we'll all reset. And then after a turn or two, we'll reconvene and then start hating each other again. So I, I, do, I do like making deals. And if I am going to make a deal, it's almost exclusively when I'm dying. Um. Yeah, right. That's what, that's what I was going to say with the when. Um, so the best part, the... 
Uh, I, I agree. It's mostly like when you're at a bit of a disadvantage or, you know, you're, you're looking for some resources or some help. Uh, our good friend of the show, Marketing Ross, is still fig- he still needs to read my book because there, there will be times where he will say, please don't kill me. I swear I can help you. And I'll say, how? And he'll say, I think I'm going to draw a card. I think it's going to be a heater. And then I'm just like, no, I'm just going to kill you. Like, so he's, 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 he's always reaching for it. Um, but let's talk, so as that kind of leads into the next thing, let's talk best practices for rules of a deal. I quickly will say my part, and this is why, be as specific as you possibly can because people can misconstrue them mm-hmm. wildly to the point of, I wait, you said you were gonna attack me. No, I said I wasn't gonna attack you with this creature that I'm gonna attack over here. Got into that argument a lot of times. Didn't say I wasn't gonna attack you. I said, I'm not worried about you. This is coming over there. Um, so again, I think we, I think we, we've gotten into a pretty good cadence of turn sort of things. I think that's the easiest mm-hmm. way to do it. Um, as opposed to being like, no, I'm going to leave you alone for a while. That's the kind of deal that you can welch on. Yeah, and that's quite often. ambiguous. So that's why I always like to put two things onto it. It reminds Specifics- me of that scene in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I can't remember they're on the ship and she was like, well, you're not going to kill him. And they go, well, we didn't kill him. We just put him in a boat on him. Like out in sea right. by himself, so you know, like the fish will kill him. They're not, they're not rules or guidelines. We didn't kill him. Or Terminator Two, where he, where he, tell, John Connor tells him not to kill anyone. He just shoots a bunch of people in the kneecap, leading yeah. to years of recovery <laughs> and horrible pain, and limps for the rest of their life, probably begging for the end of that bullet. So, like I said, the my big tux best practices for rules on a deal are specify the specify the outcomes, specify the cards involved, and specify the length of time. Also, have a DocuSign ready, email it to him, and then get that back before yes, you proceed. Exactly, and they'll get it right back to you, Mister Combo. Your thoughts on best practices for rules around a deal. Yeah, I mean, you literally highlighted the the two things that you have to do, um, is you have to be incredibly specific and you have to outline exactly how long that deal will be in effect. Um, And I know Big Tuck's gonna hate this, but literally one of the best channels to watch deal making be done right is the Command Zone, uh, the Game Nights episodes. I'll come for it, Jimmy. Uh They do a perfect job at this, and I can even give you a great example. Uh, It was one of their fan episodes. Uh, Ashlyn Rose was playing her Kozilek deck. The uh, fan to her right uh, basically made a deal, and he was like, hey, let me do this, um, and I'll give you two turns. And she's like, two turns? And he's like, yeah, two turns. Um, and so it goes to her turn and she just swings with Kozilek and she's like, well, I said I wouldn't counter your spell, but I didn't say I wouldn't hit you with a creature. And mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, well, that's that, that's a fair point. And so she smacked him in the face for 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. So sure. you, you have to be very specific because the uh, game of Commander or Elder Dragon Highlander or Half Chub or mm. Half Dragon Flatlander Wow, uh, we've really, we've really elevated yeah. the name game on that. <laughs> um, it, there's so many different avenues to where you could make a deal with someone that says, hey, I won't counter your spell as long as you don't touch my permanence. And it's like, cool, I won't touch your permanence for two turns. Overload Cyclonic Rift. I didn't target any of them. I, I did it to everyone. Mm. And then it's just like, well... I guess yeah, and so yeah. It, ha- it has to be like nothing negatively impacts my board. Right. That's how you'd have to yes, phrase yeah. that. That's a great, yeah. 
That's I think that's a great I think that's a great point on the last point, especially with the cyclonic rifts. Well, hey, you said destroy. I'm actually yep. exiling your commander or whatever yeah. the case may it's be. It's almost right? exactly so, like yeah. when I first got into commander, I was like, I'll give my creatures hex proof. You can't board wipe me. And then I sorely learned that's not the case at all. And then I got board wiped for the next month or two. You know, that's how it goes. Yes, because because you're playing Reese. Yeah. But, uh, so I agree with all your points. Um, and as much as I do hate to admit it, I agree with you about the game nights. That's usually the only part of that show that is enjoyable. Uh, Squee, thoughts on best practices for rules of a deal? Yeah, and you heard it here first. Uh, Big Tuck is a fan of a portion no. of don't, game Don't nights. worry about it. I'm still... <laughs> Because Big Tuck did not specify that he was not a fan of the show, so I can then, in the Ooh, rule of the deal, go back call. in. He just specified he's coming for Jimmy Wong, uh-huh. but nothing negative about the I'm number one. The uh, he probably listens channel. to Josh Lee Kwai 24 7. Oh, knows? yeah. With, with, his, with his Sriracha shirt and Wizards of the Coast trucker hat. Yeah, we're, we're real close. Yeah, if you want to. Know your enemy! <laughs> if you want to learn about Squeeze rules of making deals. So, Please. rule number one, if at all possible, avoid deals. You don't need them unless you're dying. That's just it. Like, if you built your deck properly, you could probably just handle it with ah, proper just, threat just assessment. Forget, just forget them. Go Twitter, like, find whatever you need. You don't need to actually make a deal to win the game, because if your deck's doing really, really well, then people are going to target you, and then you need to make a deal. Because now that you're doing really, really well, and your board state is popping, and everybody's like, oh, crap. Now we all three have to kill you. That's when you start going, whoa, okay, okay. Maybe I'll sit tight for a turn. Maybe I won't attack you. Maybe, uh, oh, yeah, that card over there, uh, Mr. Combo just played a Rest in Peace, and you're playing uh, Graveyard Recursion. Okay, what if I take care of the Rest in Peace for you if you just uh. don't destroy my whole board <laughs> state? So, you know, you do that in targets, and I, I my rule of thumb is deals are for desperate situations other than that maybe you make deals if you're a big tuck and you really enjoy it and that's your favorite part of the game but uh i have been i don't know if famous probably not a good word but pretty adamant when people ask me for deals and i'm doing well in a game i will straight up tell them absolutely not i don't even want to entertain the idea of it you can change the terms the rules whatever unless you're giving me the game right now i just probably am gonna pass so, and some people like single air on will just say nope, don't care. Yeah, it's like exactly. okay, I don't want to, I don't want to attack you with this, but you, I need an incentive not to. Yeah, like you will say, uh, just, just yeah. I can't. I single air on will say I have a plan. Yeah, just, I'm just, going to kill just, you anyway. Just, 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 so, just do it, bro. Just do it. Just do it, dude. Yeah. All so, right. Uh, so desperate situations. So now we get into the part that I will probably go on mute for as I get yelled at for no reason. <laughs> Let's talk about the repercussions for breaking a deal and how to behave towards them. I will take my headphones off <laughs> and walk out of the room. Uh, I will go last on here. Uh, Squee, why don't you continue your thoughts? Because I know you probably have plenty to talk about on this. So you are going to definitely have repercussions for every deal you make. That's something you're going to have to think about for every react or for every action. There's an equal reaction, uh, whether that be from you or be from somebody else on the board. I think a lot of people make deals with one individual person on the board and don't think of the repercussions that are going to come up about the other one or two potential players that are there as well. Because when you make a deal with one player, you're going to realize two other people are looking at that deal and they're going to go, well, Either that's good for me or that's bad for me. 
And generally, if you're making a deal with one player, it's bad for the other two players. So then they're going to start thinking in their heads, well, this is not the best. So, you know, I'm not part of this deal. I can kind of do whatever I want. So maybe you make a deal with one player and then you start hearing the chatter on the other side of the table. And the other side of the table is making a deal with each other going, well, that deal sucks. So let's make a deal together that we're going to band together. And then you're playing two-headed dragon or two-headed giant here. Um, So, yeah, repercussions you got to think about them. you got to think about the long game on all of this. You can make a deal that saves your life for one turn, but you were doomed in two turns anyways. So, yeah. you know, think about what it's going to do to the other people on the, on the table because, uh, as uh, I believe Mr. Combo mentioned at the top of this segment, people can get extremely butthurt about deals, especially if it's people <laughs> that you play with over time. So it's not just going to be, oh, we played on Sunday and you made a bad deal. Because I'm still talking about this, and I'm going to go out and say it, this bullshit deal Big Tuck made with me. This was, had to be a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. I'm still hot about it. I'm still going to be hot about it because I haven't had the chance to make a deal with Big Tuck and then take it back just so he can get what he deserves. <laughs> I don't have any trouble getting what I deserve. I'm next in line for the beat stick behind Mr. Combo. For I no mean, reason. For exactly. No reason. What did we do to deserve this? All right. So there's two parts of this, and it actually deviates a little bit from the question, but Squee brought it up. Okay. The repercussions for making a deal and the repercussions for breaking a deal. So I'll just lightly touch on the making the deal. You do have to, when you make a deal, you kind of have to start thinking 4D chess, Big Bang Theory Mm -hmm. reference. Um, and try to figure out, okay, if I make this deal for this person, yes, whatever the deal is about doesn't happen for one turn, two turns, three turns is probably a little extreme, but let's just, you know, throw it in for the example, but that's just with that one person. How's it going to impact the other two people? So I am all for, unless the deal is so commanding, like a scheming symmetry, you know, something where I'm going to tutor and you're going to tutor right. go get whatever you want. That's a little bit different, but a lot of deals aren't necessarily that good. Um, you, you just have to really be careful about dealing with your other opponents for multiple turns. Cause one thing you don't want to have it do and Squee is half, right? It becomes two headed giant, but right. you don't have a teammate. It just means that this other person isn't going to kill you for one to two turns, right. but very well, it might now be two headed giant versus one versus one. Cause now you got these two people that yeah. ultra peed off turn into and they're just coming three headed giant well, on one where you're just well, there's ti- you're the one getting, there's times, getting beaten down by three players there's times that i think are hysterical but no every, i assume everyone else hates where like you start your turn and you're like okay so i promised i wouldn't blow up your commander for another two turns yeah you said that you were going to attack me if i don't attack you with my commander and then you like you kind of like get yourself into this like if i will or if i may rude goldberg machine of decisions where you have like all these things going on i think that's really fun and funny when that happens but i can also see how it can get very frustrating for people who are not interested in it well, now we'll hit on the more important piece, because once you get into that rude Goldberg machine, you might say, well, what if I break my deal? Repercussions of breaking my promise to do X. I think, and this goes against rule zero, but I don't care. I'm a scumbag. Um, <laughs> if you're playing with randoms, and it's like you don't care what the long-lasting effect of going back right. on your deal is, then if you need to do it, do it. Don't just do it to be a, a jerk. Right. Um, but if it's like, ooh, I said I wasn't going to kill you, but now I have the winning thing in hand, and I didn't put that caveat on the thing, oh, I'm never going to see you again. I'm just going to go ahead and win the game. <laughs> That's fine. 
Or, you know what, I said I wasn't going to board wipe you, mainly because I didn't have a board wipe in hand, but I just got one and I kind of need to do it. It's understandable. You're never going to see them right. again. But if you play with people on any semblance of a consistent basis, you have to uphold your deals because then people will A, not want to make deals with you ever again. Correct. B, it's not even just they won't want to make deals with you. They'll just want to hate on you mm -hmm. for no reason yeah, right. at all. They'll come out I to lose break the game. deals. They will come out first turn to kill you and then happily lose the game right after that. Yeah, just to make a point. <laughs> but the one area where I say it is gray that you can break a deal is if someone says, hey, you won't destroy my permanence. Well, if next turn they play a permanent, that permanent is not under that shroud of protection. That is what you call a that, loophole. That is way, way too narrow, in my personal opinion. Ooh. I like the spirit of it, if maybe not the letter of the law. My thing I was going to say, I I think that if you can, if to break a deal, if you break a deal and it prevents someone else from winning the game entirely... Or if you break a deal and you win the game entirely, in my opinion, I wouldn't feel bad if a deal is broken. If the game is if the game is over, over. Not if you're just killing one person, not if you're just getting ahead. If the game is complete and it's over, it's like, well, here we are, time to shuffle them up again. See, I just don't like it because in the legal text of the deal, you have still broken the deal. Yeah, you killed that. That's person. why. That's why. The only that reason that you got to, your... to win the game is because you didn't get hate from them because you made a deal. And Tuck, once again, that goes back to your second point: best practice for the rules of the deal. State the stipulations of the deal. State the turns, but also you have to put a clause in there. Hey, if either of us can win the game, go ahead do and do that. it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like yes, that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, you, you have to add that clause in there because then it's still be ambiguous. Because you know how many times people in EDH are like, "Oh, well, I could have comboed out three turns ago, but I chose not to," and it's like, "Cool, bro. Weird flex. You still lost." Yeah. Same type of thing, you know, you, you don't want to have that person be like, well, I could have won the game, but I had the I deal. Just, I was and it's like, no. this deal, yeah. Yeah, just put it in there just because so, people, when they play Magic, are so literal because we're mm -hmm. trained to do that. The card text is the card text. Yeah. There is no ambiguous, oh, well, I can interpret it this way. Right, right. right. And I think, I, I think that kind of gets back to a point that you do very well with this, Mr. Combo, is when you make deals, you're like, hey, if it's down to just you and me, deal's off. Right? Yeah. As yeah. soon as it sounds to the two of us, it's over. Like right? I'm here for to kill you. That's how it's going to be. Yeah. 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 Right. I have an idea here be for the. We need just like you have a rating system for your decks on power levels. We need a rating system from one to ten on how likely is this player to break a deal. Then you have to wear that as a sticker on your chest every game. So then people go, <laughs> Ooh, Oh, it's like a scarlet A. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. The likelihood is Whoa. eight out of ten that that deal's going to get broken. Ah. I don't know about that. Maybe well, before we, this, a two before or we get three, to, maybe before maybe we dive into this uh, this topic anymore for anyone to think about in a play group, I'm gonna go ahead and pass it back to Mr. Combo. Thanks for talking about the art of the deal, Mr. Combo and Squee McGee. Uh, well, that's gonna wrap up. What's the plane chase? Now that last segment, Squee dives into those creative juices with the Weatherly. Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper Four. I'm Squee McGee. So today. Uh, we're talking an angel. It's Boros. Ooh. Anya, Merciless Angel. Uh, it's a legendary creature angel. It's a mythic. 
Uh, flying oh. Anya, Merciless Angel, gets plus three, plus three for each opponent whose life total is less than half of his or her starting life total. And as long as an opponent's life total is less than half his or her starting life total, Anya has Indestructible. It's a 4-4 flyer. That's pretty featured on this very uh, Featured on this very show's uh, Alternate Universe podcast. Yes. I know. Uh, yeah. I, be- I believe this was my choose-your-own uh, rose commander. Yes, it I was. Guess. Yes, it was. So I liked this because, one, I'm starting this new segment, as I alluded to, and said Alternate Alternate Universe cast, I believe, a week ago. Uh, we're going to have Squeeze Drips and Drabs card of the week coming up here. Uh, so oh, the first card I wanted to talk about, you probably heard about it, but it gets severely underplayed and it's coming in at like 70 or 80 cents. So it's pretty cheap. It's an enchantment. Uh, so three colorless and a red. Uh, mana Barbs. Each time any land is tapped for mana, Mana Barbs what? deals one damage to that land's controller. Oh, it's, it's awesome. So now everybody by turn five is going to be less than half their life total. And if you're doing anything at all, unless you're tapping only artifacts and good luck. Well, I mean, I would, it's not going to be turn five. You won't be able to play it to like turn three or four. Well, yeah, I guess you're, you're true there. I, fair, fair. I, I get yeah. your semblance, frenemy Dan. I didn't know that you were a skin wearer <laughs> over here wearing <laughs> squeeze skin. It's like the people that wear uh, the, the, the people oh, stealers. Dude, are you upset because he plays us in Torbran all the time? Yes. Oh, very yeah. upset. Yeah, this guy's gross. I can, I can see you're like you're shaking your head, and I was and I was like, "What's?" This I knew exactly on? what he was talking about. <laughs> Do you guys know how many decks Anya's in? If I remember right, it was like sixty or fifty on EDH rec now. Fifty nine. Like, there's like yeah, there's next to nobody oh. playing this commander now. Sorry, fifty nine as a commander. It's in fifteen hundred and eighty-three decks, so she actually does see in the ninety-nine play. Right. It's just as a commander, she does it. Which honestly, to me, this gets off topic from your mana bars. Sure. I don't know why she doesn't see commander play. I agree with you because yeah, Boros, we, Boros, we complain doesn't have good options, mm-hmm. and she right. seems like a good option yeah. that does exactly yeah. what Boros wants to do: get in the red zone. Yeah, gets in the red yeah, zone, and then I think the the severely underrated part of this card, because I would assume a lot of people stop reading because there's a lot of text, is it's indestructible. <laughs> Once people are yeah. lower than half their life total, and it's as long as an opponent's life total, not all of them. So you only right. need one opponent to be less than 20 to have your angel be indestructible. And then if they're less than 20, it's guaranteed a 7-7. Seven, seven. Most likely by this time, if you run into the deck properly, and yeah, we'll probably throw a Torbrand and that kind of crap in here, but uh, <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. It's been talked about to death. Frenemy Dan, you're still on notice, and Torbrand sucks. And that's going out to you, Mr. Budget Bruce 2. You killed me with Torbrand once, and I'm still salty <laughs> about it. And we'll chat about that this week. Oh, you'll probably see it again. Oh, I'm sure I will. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to deal with that. Um, so... Next card I wanted to talk about, and we're still going on the drips and drabs here, but uh, double up the drips and drabs. So Sulfuric Vortex, uh, one colorless, oh, two red, so enchantment good. again, it's a rare. Uh, also still dirt God. cheap, I think it's under a dollar. Um, yep. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, Sulfuric Vortex deals two damage to that player. If a player would gain life, that player gains no life instead. You're shutting down all the life gain. You're pinging every single person for two every single turn. What's not to love? This this pairs perfectly with the um, God damn it! I keep forgetting the name of that. It just came out in Zendikar, um, but the one I was playing, the two two cost enchantment that also pings for one turn. So you can start stacking some of these up and hitting people three, four, five, six per upkeep. Then swing through with your big nasty angel beater and see you later. This literally just seems like a Tobrain list. I'm very upset right now. What uh, I'm not upset about at all. There is a gold bordered version of this card which I love. Woo! There's a gold border version of this? Why? Yeah. I don't know. 
Someone, 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 someone during Scourge block put it in a deck and won the world champion. I would have to yeah. assume if there's a gold board. Is it, how much does a gold border version cost versus the real? I card? bet you it's probably more expensive or less expensive than this copy. It's, I don't know what else to tell you guys. It's gold, literally. But I will look that up as we move right along. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna keep rolling here. True Fire Captain. It is too red, too white. Creature, human knight. It's an uncommon. Has mentor. Whenever this creature attacks, put a one-one counter on target attacking creature with lesser power. Whenever True Fire Captain is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target player. So you use this as basically a board stall because you're burning people to death you are drips and drabsing every single player on the board including yourself but people tend to forget you're doing it to yourself because they only get pissed off you're drips and drabsing them so they're going to be coming at you they're going to be swinging things through if they're going to swing anything big at you you just have to sit this on the board and say well i guess if you really want to do you do you really, really want to? Like this goes along with the uh, with the taunter that we've been talking about recently, right, where right. you can just start pinging people for damage, do that damage to those players. Um, really, the whole theme of this is just to get people below twenty and then start swinging through with your commander. Um, this card, I think, is what like a hot fourteen cents or something. Pretty pretty expensive. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we can afford it. Yeah, burn it through the pocket, Brooke. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is it costs four to put out, and there's no colorless symbols in there, so you do have to have two red and two white to do so. Yep. Uh, that's probably why it's sitting in there, but it's a very relevant tribal human knight. Yeah, but you are only running a two-color deck, so if you can't have two red and two white only playing red and white, yeah. you probably built your deck wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you probably need to throw a manolith in there to get your, your color pie correct. Oh, God. Go to hell. <laughs> now... To be fair to Mr. Combo's point earlier, this just, just sounds an awful lot like Drips and Drabs, comma, Tor brand deck with an extra color. Oh, it is. It absolutely <laughs> is. So uh, I think that's a little strange and uh, maybe just something to put in the old noodle there, Squee. I may have been busted, but how can I talk about Tor brand? When I hate Torbrand, even though he's gonna go in this deck, uh, yeah. I, I was gonna say I thought, I thought he was gonna be your last. I thought he was gonna be the last one. What do you want me to talk about? The most That's popular commanders in commander. I can't do that. I gotta talk about the least popular. And as Mr. Combo said, this is underutilized. Um, obviously, yeah. There's gonna be other stuff you're gonna throw into this deck that's not Torbrand esque, where you're throwing in equipments, things to beef him up. You know, give him double strike, as we talked about in the first segment. Uh, double strike's extremely underutilized, especially on a commander like this that has the potential to be a thirteen thirteen pretty mm -hmm. often. As a flying indestructible 1313 with double strike and, you know, a myriad of whatever else you can throw on there with equipments. Uh, so really the drips and drabs is just to get it below 20. And then once you get below 20, you're going to be flying in with your finisher moves. So you're going to be pumping up your commander. If you have other creatures out there, you're going to be using those to swing through and do the rest of the damage. Um, but you want to drips and drabs it to that point. Whereas I think Torbrand is only focused on drips and drabs the entire game and that's the only thing you're going to be doing every time you do damage you do extra damage and you burn them out you burn every single player out on the board and you do a big blowout and then it really pisses people off and nobody wants to play with you again so this one is going to be i'm going to do a really small blowout until everybody's below 20 and then i'm going to attack you with my really obvious commander that's going to come through and just kill you and you can't do anything about it so last part of the day sounds uh, like a game plan everybody's heard of it you all know it it's dirt cheap. It's really good. It's also drips and drabby. It's harsh mentor. Uh, one color. Red. Red yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so 
we could talk about the swords. We could talk about all of your finisher moves, your Aurelias that give you two attack combat phases if you want to do all of that, but I don't. Uh, so we're going to talk about how to get below 20. So this one is Human Cleric. It's a rare. It's a 2-2. Whenever an opponent activates an ability of an artifact, creature, or land on the battlefield, if it isn't a man ability, Harsh Mentor deals two damage to that player. Wow. Seems good. It's, yeah. It's pretty, that's, I was actually in a really good Frenemy Dan impression you did there. It's either seems, seems good or, yep, that's a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Harsh Mentor is a card. Um, I'm a huge fan of it. It's only in 3% of decks that run red, which is very shocking because it is very nice hate bearish for a low barrier of entry money-wise at a quarter mana wise at two and it's even a two two so it's quote unquote on curve mm -hmm. and how many things in commander have an activated ability that's not oh, yeah. mana driven yeah. so many um like i think there was a game if you're running that... a creature that doesn't have an activated ability you probably should have a pretty decent reason to do so within your deck's confines but yeah i would argue that most creatures have some sort of sub activated ability almost every commander does for sure uh every artifact you put onto the battlefield unless you want to drop out a ornithopter or something they're going to probably have an activated ability yeah well the the big thing with it is if you have a combo player in in your play group to where it's like they get their rude goldberg machine on the battlefield that's all activated abilities mm -hmm. very rarely is it a generate infinite mana and then x equals whatever uh for a sanguinate or a blue sun zenith or something like that yes it could be but most likely it's not so a harsh mentor is on the field that literally stops a combo player because it's like well if i do my thrasios combo i'm gonna die right right, or right, right, right. even my infinite combo with power artifact mm -hmm. Ooh, nope it's because it's an enchantment well no because the enchantment untaps it i believe or it reduces its no that would kill me because the untap of the grim monolith is not a mana ability right. so that would kill me yeah. right, so right. that's even something that kills you so harsh mentor is a great card you guys should be playing it more often uh even if you're not in a drips and drabs mm -hmm. uh makeshift you think this isn't toe brand but it's probably toe brand deck hey this is this is one half toe <laughs> brand one half akiri slam it uh, together finish them out yeah the, uh, uh, the last thing i'll say on harsh mentor reminds me a lot of a card we talked about a week or two ago runic armasaur oh yeah also your yeah, draw card. it's very similar very similar kind of ability there granted it can't kill you but um same kind of idea which i think with which i think is very cool to use and think about in, in a four-player pot yep absolutely uh i mean i don't have a whole lot else to say about this you nailed it until you get down to <laughs> under 20 life it's tor brand once you get under 20 life it's heavy swing and beater voltron uh it's going to be a combination of both but i think that is going to help you in the future as we have talked about in the politicking side of things when you play with people over and over and over again, they start to see your decks over and over and over again. They start to get the theme of it pretty solid. People really hate getting burnt out completely, where somebody just torbrands the whole board off and you're just done. The game, nobody ever really got to play anything because every creature you played got torbranded out. Every life you ever gained got torbranded out, and then you didn't get to do anything. Uh, this isn't going to be that. I'm just going to do damage to you as a player. Then I'm going to swing through where you have the ability to block if you want to or can. You have the ability to spot remove the commander, do some other things, keep the flow going. Whereas I, I, 
I just don't think you're going to piss too many people off playing it this style where you're going to have more fun with it. You can play it with it more often. Mm-hmm. You can get it into a game. And then when you do win with it, it's going to be almost like a group celebration. It'll be like, oh, my God, you, you actually pulled it out. Way to go. Good job. We're proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, anyways, that's all I had on this. I'll kick it back to the Action 4 News Desk with Mr. Combo and Big Tuck. Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders through level1gameshop.com. You can also support your new team by heading over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower, with award tiers for all the budgets. There is a way that you, the collective, can burn. <laughs> You can also buy some sweet CMD Tower swag over at cmdtower.com slash merch. We have several different bundles. We still are trying to figure out our payment system, so just shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter, and we'll be able to get you taken care of. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action Wars news team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, or our website, CMD Burn. You can communicate directly <laughs> with your news team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Commodore 5, I'll spell that except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting, from your MTG Action 4 news team, Good Toe Brand, Good Toe Brand, Good Toe Brand, and Good Toe Brand. Boo! Hey, where are you guys going? We haven't even announced the winner of the giveaway for September. Gosh, it's like you guys don't even care that Dominic Labor won the prize for Level 1 Game Shop. (laughs) Shoot us a message on Twitter to get your reward, Dominic. Thanks for being a follower.